A very good morning to you. Welcome to the papers with me, Richie Allen, for Thursday, the 29th. It is the 29th of February, 2024, leap year day. Hope all is uh, well with you and you're in good form this Thursday and you're looking ahead, as I am, to the weekend. Going to go immediately, without further delay, to the front pages of today's dailies, beginning today with the Daily Telegraph. And the headline, Hunt looks at ditching non-dom tax perk. What is that about? Well, as mentioned in the papers this week, they, they're all trailing the budget. The Chancellor will announce his budget, the fiscal budget, spending plans, taxation plans next week. And the papers are trailing the budget, you know, making allegations, basically forecasting what might be in it. Leaks, you see. Little leaks make their way to the papers. So he's considering scrapping non-DOM status in the spring budget to fund tax cuts for millions of workers, okay? Uh, The Telegraph says, if the government pursues this, it will be poaching one of Labour's most prominent tax and spend policies. So that's the Telegraph. The Times save Britain from mob rule, Sunak tells police. Save Britain from mob rule, Sunak tells police. We'll talk about this in a moment. He has met police chiefs Rishi Sunak about um, Gaza protests, about people turning up in London and in Manchester, but particularly in London, they're concerned about the Met Police not having enough resources to deal with the protests against the genocide in Gaza. According to the Telegraph, Sunak has called for the nation's democratic institutions to have better protection from protesters. We'll certainly come back to that. The Daily Mirror never had it so bad, is the headline. It has a photograph of a woman called Rachel Reeves. She is Labour's shadow chancellor. You understand this, don't you? The shadow cabinet. So the opposition party has a front bench, just like the government front bench, with shadow ministers. Okay, if Labour takes power, Reeves will become the Chancellor of the Exchequer. So what's this about? Well, it's a different angle on the budget, the spring budget. The Mirror reports that, according to Rachel Reeves, if Labour does win the next general election, Labour will inherit the worst economic challenge since the Second World War. We've never had it so bad, she said. It might be pointed out to her, if if we had any real journalists, it might be pointed out to her, Rachel, when the government, with its scientific advisors, was shutting down the economy in 2020 and 2021, what did you do about it? What did you, as an opposition politician, have to say about it, if anything? Of course, her answer would be, uh, we championed it. In fact, we urged the government to go harder and go faster. In fact, we told the government that they should borrow even more money for their crazy furlough schemes, paying people to stay at home and collapsing their own businesses. Never had it so bad, said Reeves. Well, love, you know, you take as much blame as the party in power because he didn't challenge it. That's the mirror. The Metro, you are not that special, is the headline. This is about Prince Harry... 
losing his appeal. You might remember his security status was downgraded when he stopped being a working royal, meaning that he wouldn't have paid protection. He wouldn't have protection that he would have to, paid by the taxpayer. He would have to fund his own protection when he comes back to the UK from Los Angeles. He appealed against this and he lost the appeal. That's right. So a number of papers going with that. Daily Mail, PM tells police chiefs, time to end mob rule. We've already discussed that. Uh, The I, headline, budget won't fix UK's unfair £50,000 child benefit rule. So Hunt can afford tax cuts. We'll leave that. Financial Times, leaked files reveal Russia's low bar for use of tactical nuclear weapons. That's fairly self-explanatory. It says that Vladimir Putin, the president of Russia, has a pretty low bar when it comes to when and how he would deploy nuclear weapons. This is one of those be afraid, be very afraid of the beast in the east, Vlad the bad, fear-mongering nonsense. Russia will not be deploying nuclear weapons against anybody. Neither will the United States of America or China or North Korea. Um, at least not in our lifetime, I, I, I don't believe. The Guardian, largest review of ultra-processed food, warns of 32 damaging effects. This is about protest food and the impact it's having on physical and mental well-being. I will briefly come back to that in a moment. The Sun has a photograph of Christian Horner and his wife, Jerry. Jerry, of course, uh, which one was she? Which one? Ginger Spice, was she? Yes, Ginger Spice. Um, Jerry Halliwell, she used to be. She's married to him now. He's the boss of Red Bull Racing Team. Jerry's relieved and elated is the headline. And that is because he was cleared of inappropriate behaviour and of sending improper messages to a female employee. He was cleared of this by a Red Bull investigation and everybody's happy. Daily Express, photograph of Esther Ranson, a legendary British television presenter. She's campaigning for new laws to be introduced in this country to legalise assisted dying. Esther, I feel let down by MPs sitting on the fence. She's complaining now um, about MPs who won't take a stand one way or the other on the assisted dying issue. Might talk about that, might not. We might talk about it in the show, if not later, certainly in coming weeks. There's a big push for assisted dying laws to be introduced here in the UK to basically legalise assisted dying. Daily Star headline, Let Them Eat Flakes, is the headline. What's that about? Well, it's about the boss of Kellogg's, who's a guy called Gary Pilnick. In fact, they've mocked up the Daily Star, a photograph with his head on a spoonful of cornflakes. The paper reports that he advised families struggling with the cost of living. He advised them they could save money by eating cereal for dinner. Yes, okay, those were the front pages of today's papers. Let us look inside. The Guardian lead story is a very interesting one. Ultra-processed foods linked to 32 harmful effects to health review fines. So ultra-processed food, or UPF, is directly linked to 32 harmful effects to health, including a higher risk of heart disease, cancer, type 2 diabetes, adverse mental health 
and early death. And this is according to the world's largest review of its kind. It's the first comprehensive umbrella review of evidence about UPFs or ultra-processed foods. Um, And this is, the Guardian article says that the evidence comes amid rapidly rising global consumption of ultra-processed foods such as cereals, protein bars, fizzy drinks, ready meals and fast food. In the UK and the US, more than half the average diet now consists of ultra-processed food. For some, especially people who are younger, poorer or from disadvantaged areas, a diet comprising as much as 80% of ultra-processed foods is typical. The findings have been published in the British Medical Journal and they suggest diets high in UPF may be harmful to many elements of health. The result of the review involving almost 10 million people underscored a need for measures to target and reduce exposure to ultra-processed foods, the the researchers have said. The review involved experts from a number of leading institutions, including Johns Hopkins, Bloomberg School of Public Health in the US, the University of Sydney and Sorbonne University in France. Writing in the BMJ, they concluded overall direct associations were found between exposure to ultra-processed foods and 32 health parameters spanning mortality, cancer and mental, respiratory, cardiovascular, gastrointestinal and metabolic health outcomes. Greater exposure to ultra-processed food was associated with a higher risk of adverse health outcomes, especially cardiometabolic, common mental disorders and mortality outcomes. Yes, so the largest study of its kind ever. And ultra-processed foods are packaged, baked uh, goods, include, include packaged, baked goods and snacks, fizzy drinks, sugary cereals, ready-to-eat or ready meals. Um, and, and these foods undergo multiple industrial processes and often contain colours, emulsifiers, flavours and other additives. The products also tend to be high in added sugar, fat, and or salt, but are very low in vitamins and in fibre. Yeah, these are foods that have very little nutritional value and that don't satisfy your hunger for very long. They're also highly addictive, aren't they? And they should be avoided as much as possible. I agree. That's a very interesting, very important piece in The Guardian today about ultra-processed foods. Um, Also in The Guardian, GB News has paid more than £660,000 to Tory MPs since its launch. Surprise, surprise. 660000 paid to Conservative MPs in appearance fees and salaries since the launch of GB News against just £1,100 to Labour MPs, according to Guardian analysis. The payments have been recorded in the Parliamentary Register of Interests and they come amid growing concerns among centrists about the channel's sway over the Tory party's direction. Some Conservatives also say they have worries that if Paul Marshall, the hedge fund owner who has a 41% stake in GB News, if he gains control of the Telegraph titles in a process that is due to resume next month, this could entrench a populist echo chamber for the party's MPs and supporters. Yes, the article goes on to talk about how Jacob Rees-Mogg 
has been paid nearly £325,000 in the last year. He currently receives just over £29,000 a month from GB News for 40 hours of work a month, which uh, equates to £729 an hour. It's farcical, isn't it? Lee Anderson paid £100,000 a year currently suspended by the Tory party, and laughably, he's paid £50 a month to display a GB News logo on his Twitter page. Jesus wept. As they go on to talk about some of the other big earners, Esther McVeigh, Philip Davies, husband and wife, of course, Tory MPs, and I have said too much about this in the last 12 to 18 months to say any more now, because I think you'll just reach for the off button. But it is vaudeville, isn't it, really? Ofcom has investigated GB News on a number of occasions, but it continues to operate a channel where you have Tory MPs interviewing their colleagues in Parliament. And it's, just, it's astonishing. We'll leave it. The Guardian's all over it today. The Telegraph, I tweeted about this yesterday for the giggle, for shits and giggles, I should say. West End Play stages shows to all black audience free from the white gaze. I didn't know. I didn't know that we need to free up black people from the white gaze, whatever that means. This is the West End Theatre production, which we've talked about on the programme on this particular podcast this week, haven't we? We've talked about slave play because the writer of the play has been talking about how it's not a guarantee. Success isn't guaranteed when you cast very famous actors from TV or from the world of cinema. So we talked about that, but now Slave Play, starring Kit Harrington from Game of Thrones, opens at London's Noel Coward Theatre in June for three months and will offer two performances specifically for, wait for it, quote, all black identifying audience. I don't know what that means. I mean, I, I can be childish about this. Does that mean that if somebody who isn't black but identifies as black could, could maybe get in. Uh, the events are known as Black Out Nights and they are intended to create a raci- racially homogenous environment quote, free from the white gaze. Free from the white gaze. Uh, the play by Jeremy O'Harris, uh, the US playwright, is moving from a successful run on Broadway we saw it getting or garnering 12 Tony nominations. Didn't win anyway. Uh, anyway, it's now coming to London. It's a mad play about interracial couples undergoing sexual therapy, requiring them to role play as slaves and masters. Um, the, the, the Telegraph explains how they would achieve the all-black audience. They would distribute invitation-only tickets through black community groups rather than by turning white people away, which might be legally problematic. And we've talked about this too often on the Richie Allen radio show. <clears throat> this isn't about black and white people. It's about people from every ethnic background. A programme is underway and has been underway for many, many, many years. And it's a programming programme, if you understand. At least I believe it is anyway. And it is to, to encourage people or to train people to view everything, to see everything through the prism of their identity, which is a very very narrow prism, really, isn't it? It's to encourage people, to train people, to teach people, to bring about a, a real change in the human experience, where you see everything and you evaluate everything through the prism of your own identity. It is ridiculous. 
black only audiences free from the white gaze of course the irony is lost on everybody is that Kit Harrington is white he's a white actor famous for playing Jon Snow on Game of Thrones it's identity politics politics madness is what it is it's more divisive bollocks designed to do what it what it has achieved I suppose get people screaming at each other on social media a little bit of a cold excuse me let's go to the times Rishi Sunak police must do more to hold protesters dissent into mob rule now, again this is the paradigm we currently inhabit where people and it doesn't necessarily need to be leaders of political parties or presidents or prime ministers or even media personalities anybody we live in a post-truth world now where you can say anything it doesn't matter how untrue it is right um, without fear of being challenged you can make any claim and then make the subsequent claim is that legislation needs to be drafted, needs to be drawn up um, to, do, to do something about your primary claim, even though your primary claim is, not to put too fine a point on it, utter bollocks. So, so, so explain that, Richie. Well, the descent into mob rule is nonsense. It's not stood up and it cannot stand up to scrutiny. There is no evidence that Britain is currently in the grip of mob rule. So that's the point I'm making. So Sonic can claim this. It will not be challenged. In fact, all of the newspapers are carrying it today. Nobody's challenging it, right? So, so it's wrong. So now we can talk about drafting legislation and changing the law based on something which is fundamentally wrong. So he met police chiefs last night in Downing Street and told them they should shut down demonstrations that were deemed unacceptable. That's a quote, by the way. So this is open fascism. It's open tyranny. Again, those are cliches, but it's true. Okay? We don't like something. We don't like what people are saying. Well, we want you to shut it down and shut it down at the speed of light. These are Gaza ceasefire protests, according to the Times. They claim, the Times claims, that these protests have targeted Parliament and MPs' homes. Now, the truth of this is there was a largely peaceful protest uh, across the street from the house or the home of the Conservative Party MP Tobias Elwood. It passed off without incident and the protesters dispersed fairly quickly. I'm not saying it was right. I don't believe the homes of MPs or anybody else should be targeted um, by protesters. But this is largely a one-off thing, okay? When, when MPs came together last week to debate how they should uh, draft a... And this was, this was the Scottish National Party's um, opposition day, which ultimately means nothing, right? Opposition parties, they get several days a year in Parliament where they can put motions before the House for debate and they can have votes on those motions, which ultimately mean nothing. Because opposition parties uh, cannot propose legislation. You've got to be in government to draft legislation which will be voted upon and then be sent to the House of Lords. So it is all a nonsense anyway. You know, coming together on the Scottish National Party opposition day to discuss how we should call for a ceasefire. What should we say? What should Parliament say about what's going on in Gaza? So knowing this was going on, a large crowd of protesters um, gathered outside the House of Commons basically to demand that the MPs inside called for an immediate ceasefire and a halt to the genocide in Gaza. That's all that happened, really. 
it passed off without incident again. There were no threats to MPs. MPs were not in fear of their lives. But Sunak is making the claim. Um, it's not being challenged. MPs are not living in fear of their lives. There's no evidence to support this. But now he's calling for new laws to deal with protests. So I suppose you could say it's problem, reaction, solution. He told police chiefs last night, we simply cannot allow this pattern of increasingly violent and intimidatory behaviour, which is, as far as anyone can see, intended to shout down free debate and stop elected representatives doing their job. That is simply undemocratic. Now, this is an inversion. We can't allow people to shut down or shout down free debate, he says. But there is no free debate. Because of the the all-powerful Israeli lobby in this country, there has been no free debate about what is going on in Gaza, in the House of Commons. There's been no free debate about it. Because politicians are terrified of incurring the wrath of the Israeli lobby. Zionist charities, which are not really charities, they attack uh, dogs masquerading as charities like the Campaign Against Anti-Semitism, who are watching them very closely. You know, MPs who might want to stand up and say, this is genocide, something needs to be done about Israel. They won't do it. They're terrified of the Israeli lobby. So again, it's an inversion. So he says that protesters are shouting down free debate. They're not really. Protesters are calling for a debate. This is the inversion. This is the irony. Protesters are saying, we want a debate. We need somebody to stand up and talk about what's happening in Gaza properly, you know, free of, 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 of the shackles of, of the party whips and of the Israeli lobby. So that's what's happening. Um, they're calling for the, the police to be handed even greater powers to stop protests from happening. Let's talk about this in The Telegraph. Uh, Police assess Lee Anderson hate speech claim over Sadiq Khan remarks. Lee Anderson suspended by the Conservative Party because he said that Sadiq Khan, the Mayor of London, Labour Mayor of London, was controlled by Islamists. The police have said yes, we're looking at it, we're determining, we are assessing it uh, to to figure out whether it's hate speech. And, And if it's hate speech, then he might be arrested and he might be charged. Again, this is, I have no time for Lee Anderson. I've explained many a time on the podcast and on the Richie Allen Show what I feel about Lee Anderson and what's really going on there, okay? But um, this is more tyranny, that you could be investigated by the police because you said something that somebody else didn't like, right? It doesn't matter whether it's true or not. Whether it's true or not is irrelevant. Men and women should be free to say whatever it is they believe about whatever it is they're talking about, whether it's parliamentary politics, whether it's the Mayor of London or anything else. Crazy. Listen to this in The Sun. Powerful new video urges parents to protect their children from surge of deadly Victorian diseases. This is incredible. Health chiefs are ramping up a measles jab campaign as cases of the disease in kids continue to rise. Coverage for all routine childhood vaccinations has plummeted, raising the risk of outbreaks of more than a dozen serious illnesses. They say that, this is the UK Health Security Agency, that at least 650 people have already caught measles since October and more than 3 million are still not fully vaccinated. Imagine, 650 people have caught measles since October, November, December, January, February, in five months, 650, in a population of 67 million. 
something must be done. So the UK Health Security Agency is going to run ad campaigns on television and social media as they will begin next week. They're very sinister. The ad campaign will feature children asking their parents whether their jabs are up to date. So children are looking into the camera, you know, little kids, saying... Our generation's risk of illnesses like measles and whooping cough is rising. If we're not vaccinated, we're not protected. We could get seriously ill, risking lifelong disability. So they've created this emotional series of advertisements where kids are begging their parents to make sure that their vaccinations are up to date. Wow. Vanessa Saliba is a doctor, allegedly, from the UK Health Security Agency. She said that Britain did not hit the World Health Organization's 95% target for any vaccine last year. Imagine, we're going to fall foul of the WHO. They've given us a target. We haven't hit it. She said we will see cases and outbreaks occurring and children becoming unwell, hospitalised and suffering needlessly because these are all preventable infections she said so ads will start appearing now next week of kids basically chastising the parents for not making sure their vaccinations are up to date my god it's mad isn't it isn't it absolutely crazy i wonder how far would they take it and what i mean by that is or what i mean by this is i can never figure out that or this is it was mooted It never came to pass, but it was mooted several years ago, pre-COVID, that parents who need benefits, parents who rely on state benefits to to live, basically, to survive, you know, people who work in low-income jobs and they need their salaries topped up by some government assistance, you know, um, it, it has been mooted in the past that those benefits would be withheld if they didn't ensure their children were vaccinated against whatever, whatever it was they were supposed to be vaccinated against, measles or whatever. I wonder, will that rear its ugly head again? Uh, Watch this space, it probably uh, will do. I I was, before recording this, listening to Sky News, and one of their journalists was saying that particularly in inner city uh, UK, so Birmingham, Manchester, London, Liverpool, Leeds, that's where vaccination rates have plummeted um low-income families vaccination rates plummeted and i i I think i know why you know i I think in in these areas people are not stupid and they will be hearing about vaccine injuries they will know or, or have some understanding of what has gone on in the last two years with the covid jabs they may very well even know well they will know now won't they because the press even ran this yesterday that the Medicines and Healthcare Regulatory Agency, the the regulator here in the UK, knew that the AstraZeneca jab was causing widespread harm in early 2021 and did nothing about it and allowed millions of people to continue to go and receive that jab even though they knew it was causing uh, heart problems, myocarditis and pericarditis. So people know, I think, I think people know in villages and towns and communities and city centres, they know that vaccines are dangerous. They also know that, you know, why should I take a risk? You know, if my child gets measles, 99.9999% of the time, 
they're going to be mildly ill for a couple of days. Maybe they'll have a fever. They'll get over it. Maybe it's for the best, maybe for their immune systems. But they're coming after the families now whose kids are not vaccinated. They're beginning with a series of ads where children will be making emotional addresses, looking down the camera, saying, you're a bad parent if you don't ensure that my vaccines are up to date. Yes. Uh, There was a story, I won't cover it now, I'll take my leave of you, about Grant Shapps, the Defence Secretary, taking helicopters everywhere in the middle of a a climate crisis. But just um, having a look at the BBC News website, not a lot really. Um, There is a bit of talk about a Gaza ceasefire, ceasefire deal. You will know that the US President Joe Biden claimed on Tuesday, maybe Monday, that he was optimistic a deal could be reached by this coming weekend. Let's hope so. For humanity's sake, let's hope so. But no, that's kind of it really for the papers today. You've been listening to the papers with me, Richie Allen, a podcast only. Thank you so much for listening to it. I appreciate that. The Richie Allen Radio Show will be live today at four o'clock. That's Thursday's programme, live at four o'clock. I look forward to your company. Until then, from your BBG, do you do enjoy the rest of your Thursday. Bye now.